Welcome to the second Emmanuel Life podcast. This is Michael Sullivan, and I'm here with my wife, Terry, today. And we are discussing uh, the book of James together. So we are in chapter 1, and we are looking at verses 19 through 27. This podcast is sponsored by our ministry called Radius, and our website is www.radius-group.org. The uh, music in the background is uh, from our son, Luke Sullivan, and uh, you can see his stuff at lukesullivan.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm reading from James chapter 1, verse 19 through 27. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, so to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but forget, who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Oh Lord, we just pray that your spirit would visit with us and all those who hear our conversation today and that you would open the scriptures to us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to be the true teacher to be our teacher, and we ask that you would help us to uh, apply these words into our lives. All right, so here we are in the second half of chapter one. What stands out to you? Well, the first thing I think of is the, the list of the progression of being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I think it's kind of backwards to what people naturally do if they aren't accustomed to restraining their speech. I can hardly turn on a lot of the talk shows on TV or radio because people are so angry. And they stirring each other up, and they're so quick to speak and just keep on speaking. And it's like nobody's really listening to each other, and it's just really frustrating. Yeah. I always think of um, when it says be quick to hear, it's kind of an interesting term. We don't really use it uh, in our culture, but to be quick to hear. But I heard a saying one time that's always stuck with me, and it was, 
we tend to listen with our answer running mm-hmm. That's instead true. of just being a listener. Yeah. I know true. you've learned quite a bit about listening well yes. in coaching. Yes. I think that it doesn't necessarily come natural to us to be good listeners. I have not been a good listener by nature. I think you've been a better one than me by nature. But I've learned to listen, and I see the value of it. I feel like it creates so much more um, camaraderie and collaboration between people. It helps people to feel understood. You feel understood if someone hears you hears you out and I think that there's a, a skill to be learned in that I've um, interacted with people of all kinds of belief systems you know and um, I always think to myself you know people believe what they believe for a reason and I want to be curious mm-hmm. uh, about about why they believe what they believe and take a mm-hmm. sincere interest in why they believe what they do before I try to uh, meddle with their beliefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ultimately, I do meddle because mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell them what I believe and certainly try to encourage them to, you know, follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have, what have you learned in the coaching world about listening? Well, that listening deeply is... It's the art of being engaged, body, soul, and spirit. It's not just uh, something you do with your ears, Mm. but you're empathizing with the person. You're allowing your body to be still and at peace and your mind and your emotions to be attuned to the other person. And you're hearing what they're saying while you're feeling and empathizing with them at a deeper level. And... You really hear more when you do that. You really get the message, not just what the words are saying, but what the person's really emoting, uh, if you're really listening deeply. Yeah. So I think maybe that's what James is getting after here, is when you say quick to hear, it means really be diligent to listen Mm -hmm. to another person. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, be diligent to listen to God as well. Another saying that rings in my mind as I read this again is... um, God gave us two ears and one mouth. Mm-hmm. So we should listen twice as much as we talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So slow to speak, it's interesting as well, because as you were saying, in our culture, uh, people aren't slow to speak these days. Oh, no. There's a lot of ranting going on. A lot of ranting. <laughs> Way too much ranting. Yeah. Yeah. So slow to speak is that thoughtful speech. And, of course, James will go on to talk about the taming of the tongue and how important that is. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, the restraint on our speech, the the carefulness, you know, that the power of speech is an amazing uh, attribute that God has given to human beings. And it's part of our reflection of um, of His image in our lives is the power of speech. And sometimes we joke about the the wor- the words that we speak uh, that they can't really hurt us. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We used to say when we were little kids, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, words can really, really bring life or death, as the scriptures say. Yeah. So true. And the slow to anger 
you know, that's like God. The Bible says, mm-hmm. God says of himself that he's He's full of compassion and mercy and slow to anger. Yes. So he's got a lot of patience. Very, very patient. Yeah. And so anger is this powerful emotion in our lives, more than an emotion, a state of being. And so we have to be, uh, we have to learn how to regulate our anger mm-hmm. and uh, bring it under the uh, guidance and influence of the Holy Spirit. Because he says, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. Um, yeah. We we see it in our own experience when we've given ourselves over to anger and we try to maybe even like correct our children, let's say, when we're angry and we find out that it doesn't really produce the good thing, the best thing that, we are, that we're after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's sort of a supposition here that we're hoping that anger will produce something. And there's some kind of a frustrated attempt to produce something, some kind of a result. But the result is not going to be what we want. It's not going to be the righteousness of God. There will be a result, but not a positive one. Yeah. I, th- I think of um, just the idea as I read this, a summary of it for me would be to learn how to respond to God and respond with God in every situation of life and not be a reactor. Don't just react, but be um, attuned to the Lord mm-hmm. so that you can represent His thoughts and you can represent His sentiments mm-hmm. and, and, and bring the Spirit into a situation of life. Yeah. In verse 21, it says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Hmm. So that could apply to behaviors of all kinds, but I'm thinking it may apply more here to words Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of filthy words out there, a lot of swearing, a lot of vulgarity. Rampant wickedness is, I get the picture of tongues that are just, you know, spewing garbage. Mm. They're just, you know, they're out of control. Yeah. And instead, by contrast, he's saying, instead of spewing all that out, receive with meekness the implanted word. Mm. It's, it's backwards. Mm-hmm. He's saying, stop and receive instead of spewing. And Be a good receiver. Get into that receiving mode, mm-hmm. and and there is a there are good words. The implanted word, you know, he's talking about speech, and so mm-hmm. God has spoken. Right. You know, he's talking about the word of God here. Yeah. And so God has said some things, and and it's supposed to go down deep into yeah. our souls and take root, mm-hmm. make us new creatures. You know, help us to live out our our true and new identity. And I love that word meekness. You know, that's the famous word praus in the Greek, which is the uh, image of the, the strong horse that is that has been broken by the rider, broken by the owner. And it's strong, but it's under control. Yeah. Yeah. And that's able to save our souls. 
It's able to save us from the corruption that ensues when we don't bridle our tongue, when we allow this rampant speech that does not produce the righteousness of God to control our lives mm -hmm. and to damage other people's lives. But if we receive the Word of God, the written Word, and, and His personal spoken rhema word to us, then that is able to save our souls if we let it take root and be planted in us. Yeah. Helps us become like Jesus in this world. Mm -hmm. And then it, it kind of um, moves on to another point about words in, in verse 22. And he, it's kind of a, a sobering warning, you know, that, that don't just be a hearer of God's word. So hearing the word of God can actually be a bit precarious because if you hear it, but you don't mm -hmm. apply it and you don't do it, then you actually end up deceiving yourself because you think that you know truth or that you uh, embody truth when you're actually not applying it. So it's a dangerous thing in a certain sense to mm -hmm. hear God unless yeah. you have a heart to work it, work it into your life, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, and here it's talking about... Um, if you're a doer and not, a, and not, a, if you are a hearer only and not a doer, then you deceive yourself. Right. It's easy to feel like you're full, like you've received something from God. Therefore, you are fulfilling His His will somehow because you've received the Word. Hmm. There's a sense of fullness that comes just from receiving the Word. But it's not the same as doing it. And there's a greater satisfaction and result that happens when we do it. And it's easy to be deceived. Yeah. If you fill your head with a lot of hearing and receive a lot of words, then it says here, you're like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, then goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Yeah. When I was a young Christian, I always, I always thought of that as, you know, the looking at myself in a negative way in the mm -hmm. mirror, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of changing my emphasis. I think as I'm reading it through these days, it's like, you know, when you look into the mirror of God's Word, and you look at who Christ is and what Christ has accomplished and what the Holy Spirit has accomplished in us through Christ, that our our new nature is what we see. Mm -hmm. And 1 Corinthians 3, 18 kind of bears that out. It talks about looking in that mirror, you see the glory of the Lord, and you get transformed into that same image from one mm -hmm. degree of glory to the next. And so I just, uh, I'm thinking of it more positively here because we do have a new nature. And I think that's uh, an emphasis that the Holy Spirit is bringing forth mm -hmm. in our day in a new way. Mm -hmm. I think so too. It says here in verse 25, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And to me, looking into that perfect law, the law of liberty that has set us free, brings a reflection of ourselves having been set free. Yes. That it's the new nature, it's the new self, it's the, the us with Jesus in us. Yeah. That we can behold and then act like what we see. Yeah. 
it's like a, a magic mirror. You know, C.S. Lewis talked about the deeper magic of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent out a, a text yesterday to some friends with, uh, I think you actually told me about it, the, the kitten who's looking oh, yeah. into the mirror and mm-hmm. sees the lion. And yeah. and I think it's that kind of mirror. You know, we, mm-hmm. we feel like a little kitten sometimes, but we see in the mirror of God's word and what Jesus has done for us and who he is in us and who we are in him. And and you see that true new creation, there's liberty there, and we don't want to forget our true and new nature as we go out to uh, apply the Word of God in our lives. Absolutely. And beauty is as beauty does. Hmm. That's an old saying I grew up hearing, and I believe it's true, hmm. that we can look in the mirror and see the beauty of Christ in us and the new nature that he's given us and the new identity and the beauty that he he has created within us and to take it to its intended result is to act on that. God's created us to be doers and there's a blessing in doing. Yeah, I always think of uh, when I read the Bible, it's like, okay, do I need to believe something here? And then do I need to do something? So what do I need to believe that's different than what I have been believing? And what, what do I need to do that's different than what I've been doing? And I think if we come to the Word of God with that attitude to, I want to believe right and I want to do well and do differently if I need to, mm-hmm. that's a really great way to read the Scripture. Mm-hmm. Here in uh, verse 26, James uses the word religious, which we tend to use in a negative way uh, in in the world, uh, in our culture. But he's talking about piety. He's talking about true religion. He's talking about true the true practice of, of uh, faith mm-hmm. here. And so you can think that you're spiritual. You know, we'd say you can think that you're spiritual, but if you don't bridle your tongue, he's kind of going back to verses 19 and 20 there. If you don't bridle your tongue, then you can deceive yourself about your uh, spirituality. You can imagine that you're more spiritual than you really are. And it just shows again how important it is to bring the tongue uh, under the control of the Holy Spirit, which he'll elaborate on in chapter 2. Yeah, it's interesting that he really singles that out. It's kind of a first sign of true faith is that you've you've taken steps to bridle your tongue. You've taken steps to curtail your speech and bring it under the lordship of Jesus. It's really just a priority. It's a big priority. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of times you know, I think back in James's culture and ours as well, people can have doctrines. They can have all the right doctrines, you know, and they can think they're spiritual because they believe the right doctrines about God, the right doctrines about Scripture, uh, or even the right doctrines about Jesus and the church. But, you know, if you're not applying it, if it's not uh, affecting your your ability to hear like he says, be quick to hear that listening ability, that slowness to speak, that slowness to anger. Then he says, your religion, your practices can be wor- end up being worthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, 
religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it pretty clear the actions that God wants us to take. First, bridle your tongue. Next, visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And then keep yourself unstained from the world. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of times Christians have misunderstood being unstained from the world. So they they think that means that we should not um, engage the culture. That mm-hmm. we should we should be isolating ourselves and separating ourselves mm-hmm. in a wrong way from the culture around us. So, you know, there's an emphasis on the way people dress, distinguishing yourself as a Christian by the way you dress or, you know, mm-hmm. other outward trappings. And I think it's very important to, you know, to live like Jesus did. He engaged the culture. He was, you know, he was not of the world, but he was in the world. And he was, uh, you know, on a mission to, sh- to share the love of the Father and the good news. So, so we want to engage the culture, but we don't, we don't have the same value system as the world around us. And I think right. when, when we think of the world in a bad sense in the New Testament, we're talking about the, uh, we're talking about human beings organizing themselves apart from God and against God. And so it's a different value system primarily that it's referring to. It's not about cultural trapping so much. It's not about eating and drinking like Paul says. The kingdom of God is not cultural preferences. It's not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If we get a hold of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be different. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for this letter of James. It's so to the point and practical. And we pray that you, by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, would set us in front of the mirror of your word and of the promises of the new covenant in Jesus. And Lord, that we would draw from that well of the new creation every day of our lives, that we would not forget who we are in him and who he is in us, We welcome the Holy Spirit, and Lord, we pray for each person that hears our voices today, that they would be blessed and filled and strengthened in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for this second Emmanuel Life podcast. It's our joy to have the opportunity to do this, and we pray that you will be blessed today. Follow us at radius-group.org or on Facebook at New Hope Community, Kansas City. This is the community of believers that Terry and I planted about two years ago, and we're a growing, vibrant, spiritual family. Have a great day.